In this time of desperation When all we know is doubt and fear There is only one foundation We believe We believe Well, welcome to Mountainside. Thanks for being here today. Uh, as we do, show some love to everyone that served this morning. Come on, show some love, everyone. Uh, so, <laughs> so many people serve here, so many people, and uh, we just really appreciate that. That's awesome. Uh, if this is your first time here, I want to say thanks for being here. This is awesome. Uh, the blue, oh, hey, buddy. <laughs> There's a blue Connect card on your chair. Just leave that at the back, and uh, we have a free gift for you. Thanks for being here. Um, I'm going to say this next week as well, but the second last time I announced this, Watoto Children's Choir is coming here to Benbrook. So basically these are children from Uganda uh, who were on the streets, had no one, had no parents, and they have been rescued. They now have families, and they have come to Canada to share their story and to sing incredible songs. If you missed them uh, when they came previously, I mean, it, it, they're just incredible, okay? So... I really want to encourage you, try to book that time off work or change your plans or invite some people. Uh, it's going to be a powerful night at St. Matt's. And we still need, I believe we need three more houses, okay? So we needed nine houses. We filled out six. We need three more people, uh, three more families to say, hey, I can host uh, one of the adult volunteers and two of the kids. You know, they can stay, uh, you know, in, in my basement or in a spare room or whatever it is uh, for the night. So we're, if, if that is you... Uh, we need three more. If you could come talk to me afterwards, uh, we'll, we'll give you the details and all that. It's a really, really cool experience uh, for, for you and your family. Kind of really getting to know these kids that, that came from the other side of the world. It's, it's, it's a powerful moment. It's really cool. Um, 
And with that, if you're junior youth, uh, we're going to start dismissing you at breakfast time, so it, you're good to head out there. Um, but the other week, or actually, actually really the other day, I was putting my son Noah to bed, and I, I apologize that I'm always sharing Noah stories, but they're just too good. I was just, I, and I write them down just for my own memory, so one day I can look back at them, but why not share it? Uh, so I'm, I'm putting my son Noah to bed, uh, as I do, and we're reading the Bible, and we're reading uh, the story Daniel in the lion's den, right? And if you don't know that story, it's, it's basically there's a king that tells Daniel, you're not allowed to pray anymore. And Daniel says, well, I'm going to keep praying anyways. And then as punishment, he's thrown into the lion's den, right? But God miraculously saves him. The king realizes he's wrong to, to make that law and all this kind of thing. And, and it's so beautiful when kids start, you know, learning and getting principles and, and really going deep in their heart, right? Because he says to me right after my son, he says, Dada, even if a king told me to stop praying, I would say, no, king, I will keep praying, you know? And it's just like, oh, this is so precious, right? I'm like, Noah, you're getting it, bud, yeah. And, and then he says, yeah, and if they told me to stop praying, I would throw them into the lion's den, you know? And it's like, no, 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 that's not what you're supposed to do. And we need to pray for, for people that are mean to us. He's like, oh, yeah, 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 right, right, right. But I, I just love, I love watching my, my son grow and just kind of learn and this kind of thing. And it's funny, you know, that he reads that story, he kind of misunderstands it. And that's just kind of part of life, right? I'm thinking about my own life, how many things I've misunderstood in my life. You couldn't keep count, right? And, and, and just like you, have you ever had a mis misunderstanding about something? And, and today I want to talk about a misunderstanding that our society has a lot of time with, with, with God. And uh, it's where we think we're supposed to do one thing, but God's looking at us like, no, 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 it's actually the opposite of that. Like, you need to do that. And before we kind of get into this, let, let's have some fun here. Uh, just for 60 seconds, okay? I know some of you are going to hate me right now, but it's okay. For 60 seconds, uh, can we throw that question up? Yeah, what's a time where you misunderstood something, okay? Turn to the people around you, the person beside you, whatever, for 60 seconds. I don't know if we have music, um, but just 60 seconds. What's a time, you know, it could be funny, it could be serious, whatever. Go! Make it happen. <laughs> we believe that he conquered death. We believe in the resurrection. And he's coming back again. We believe. All right, wrap it up. Ten seconds, we'll wrap it up there, wherever, wherever you're at. I know, I know, you've never misunderstood anything. I know, I know, I know. So today, today is our final week of our, our series, Group Matter. And that's our 2020 vision for, for this year. We're so excited about it. Uh, we're really promoing and, and really emphasizing community groups this year. And if you don't know what a community group is, it's when someone will go to someone's house and, you know, a, a group of friends, they just spend time together. You know, you meet either every single week or every other week or once a month, whatever that looks like. It's really laid back. Watch a, a sermon and preaching on the video. Uh, afterwards, talk about it. Pray for one another if there's needs. You know, just, just be friends, right? Just have food together. Just, just, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And 
We believe in the public church service here at Mountainside, just, just like this. But we also believe in the community group experience where, where uh, it, there's just a small group of us learning together about God. And, and this week I want to talk about why groups matter. Why groups matter. For the past two weeks, uh, we talked about the first week about how this is our 2020 vision. We're going to pump this up like crazy this year. And then last week we talked about how we need to make this a priority, right? We need to be trying our best, working our hardest to make it a reality. But, but this week I want to talk about why it matters in the first place. Why it matters in the first place. We, we often, or at least I often, misunderstand the importance of this. And there's some scripture, some stories I want to look at today that just kind of emphasize why this matters, why groups matter, why this is important. And I believe we, if we apply this to our life, uh, life will be better. Life will be better. We're going we're gonna to be pursuing that life in its very fullest that's found only in Jesus Christ. So I, I believe no matter who we are, we're going to take something from today, okay? So let's look at the first story here. It's about a guy named Paul. We talk about Paul a lot here at Mountainside. And, and basically his story is that Paul believed in God but hated the idea of Jesus, hated the idea of church. And uh, one day, God shows up to him in a miraculous way, and he totally flips his life around. He, he realizes, oh my goodness, I need to put my faith in this Jesus, the Son of God. And he actually goes from being in opposition to the church, where he actually goes from city to city in uh, ancient Greece and ancient, uh, the, Ro- the Roman Empire, and he actually starts planting churches, starting new churches. He would go to a city where no one knew about Jesus, and he would start a church. It was, it was beautiful. And th- this is where the story starts, okay, in Acts 17. It says this, when Paul and his companions had passed through Amphipolis, <laughs> or Amphipolis, that's a tough one, and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, my goodness, um, where there was a Jewish synagogue. So that's where the Jewish people and the Jewish religion, would, they would meet together. As was his custom, Paul went into the synagogue, and on three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that the Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Messiah, he said. Some of the Jews were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas. So Silas was traveling with Paul. As did a large number of God-fearing Greeks and quite a few prominent women. Goes on to five. But some of the Jews were jealous. So they gathered some troublemakers from the marketplace to form a mob and start a riot. They attacked the home of Jason, searching for Paul and Silas so they could drag them out to the crowd. We find out later that as Paul entered Thessalonica, this city, Jason was actually the one that's like, come meet in my home. Come, for as long as you're here, come, come meet in my home. Let my home be a meeting place here. So they, they find Jason, and it, it, it says they dragged them out to the crowd, not finding them there. They dragged out Jason and some of the other believers instead. It took them before the city council. Paul and Silas have caused trouble all over the world, they shouted. And now they're here disturbing our city too. And Jason has welcomed them into his home. They are all guilty of treason against Caesar, for they profess allegiance to another king named Jesus. So, so the people that are jealous of, of what's happening with Paul and Silas and Christianity kind of growing, this new church started. They drag them out to the city, to the city judges, and they're just like, this person's guilty. You know, drama, drama, drama. In verse 8 it says, the people of the city, as well as the city council, were thrown into turmoil by these reports. So the officials forced Jason and the others to post bond, and they, then they released them. So they say, all right, all right, we'll deal with you later. There's just chaos going around in the city. And then uh, in verse 10, it says, as soon as it was night, the believers sent Paul and Silas away. So like, Paul, Silas, you two are amazing. We love that you came and you started this church, this kind of thing. But I feel you. Oh my goodness, just chaos has kind of broken out in the city. 
you guys got to go. Like, they're going to find you. They're going to kill you. They're going to beat you. They're going to do who knows what to you. Like, you got to move on. Like, we'll, we'll stay in contact. Don't worry. Come and visit us. Sure, we'll send people to you. You send people to us. It's great. But you physically have to go. Like, you, you, you're in danger here, okay? And at first, this seems like just another typical spot for Paul, right? If, if you read the book of Acts in the Scripture, over and over, this is his pattern, right? He goes to a city. No one knows about God. He goes to the Jewish synagogue. He starts telling people about Jesus. Then he goes to some uh, public place and starts telling people about Jesus. And then he moves on. He starts the church. He moves on. This kind of thing. It seems typical, right? But there's something beautiful about this city in Thessalonica, which is still a city, actually. It would be awesome one day to go there. It's like my dream. It would be so cool to go to ancient Greece, see all these like legendary cities, you know. It would be so cool. But we actually have other writings about this city of letters that Paul would write back and forth to Thessalonica. There's, there's actually a, a, a couple. There's, there's two of them. And I want to read you this one verse from the first letter he writes for them. And it's not, uh, it, it, not that much time has passed. So he has just left the city, and then, then he's writing this letter. It's not like years and years have passed. He's like, oh yeah, my old friends from Thessalonica. It's like just a little bit of time has passed. Just a couple months have passed. And he writes them this. I want to read you this one verse in verse 8 in chapter 2. He says, we cared for you because we loved you so much. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, so that truth that God loves the world, that Jesus is the son of God, that he gives us a new start, not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. So Paul shared not only truth in a message, Paul shared his life with these people. Paul shared his life with his new friends. And, and the, the question I want to ask is, what, what does that mean? What does it mean to share life with someone else? And I, I think the initial thought that we think of, at least where we come from, is marriage, right? Marriage. What, what does it mean to share life with one another? It's, well, being married. You're now sharing a life, right? Like two, two become one. And, y- y- you know, Marriage means sharing everything. Marriage means sharing everything. And, and like sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing, right? So it's like sharing a bed. That's good. That's good news. Sharing a toothbrush. No, 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 no. You don't do that, right? Like I've heard of couples that do this. It's like, no. no just, I'm sorry, Olivia. We will never be there in our relationship. No, we're not sharing toothbrush, you know. Thank goodness she doesn't want to either. That's great. But look, Sharing life with one another in this context, what Paul's saying, he's not talking about marriage, though. He's not talking about marriage. Because do you know why I know he's not talking about marriage? Because he's not married. He never gets married. He, he dies a single man. He, he, he is not married here. So he's clearly not talking about we're sharing life together. Oh, yeah, like we're, we're married. There's a special connection there. No, no, no. And look, I'm actually thankful that God gave us an example of someone in the scripture, one of the most, like, kind of legendary guys that we look up to. Look, he, he wasn't involved with someone romantically, and that wasn't a bad thing. You know, I, I feel like our culture sometimes, our society is trying to push, like, so when are you going to get married? Who are you going to marry? This kind of thing. And can, can I just say, at least from a scripture standpoint, at least from the kingdom of God standpoint, you don't need to. You actually don't need that to be a complete person, to be a fulfilled person, to be a happy person. It's all good. And I know society's constantly throwing that at you. That's just a little side thing, okay? It's, I'm really glad there's that example in the scripture. That it's actually okay. It's actually okay. But Paul learned to share his life with people, even though they weren't his spouse, even though they weren't his family. He would go to their homes, right? To get to know one another. It says that Jason welcomed Paul into his home. They shared life together. They shared life together. And, and my question is, so 
who's kind of the inspiration for, for, for Paul here? How did Paul learn this? What, what model is he following? Where did he learn this sharing life with one another? I think he learned it from Jesus. I think he learned it from Jesus. And I, I, I want to read you a, a couple scriptures of what Jesus would do with his disciples. And I know we read this a couple weeks ago, but uh, we won't spend too long on it. In John chapter 3, 22, it says this. After this, Jesus and his disciples, so these were the closest friends that he had, the people that he spent time with. He went out into the Judean countryside where he spent time with them and baptized. He spent time with them. The Greek word there is diatribo, diatribo. And it means rubbing against, like hard, like hard rubbing against. Like as in like something's being worn down as time goes. Like things are being fused together. Like it's, just, it's not this, oh yeah, we spent time together. Like it was small talk. It's like, no, like, like deep stuff was happening. Like deep connection, rubbing was happening. They spent time together. Look, look, look at this next one um, in, in John 6. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples, right? He would just go out in the wilderness, go on a hike, spend time together. And Mark says Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. And then you see, so there's kind of Jesus' model, just spending time with one another, sharing life with one another, sharing experiences together. And then 1 Thessalonians, there's Paul's verse again, right? What Paul wrote. We cared for you because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. We shared our lives together. So Jesus set the example, and now Paul follows the example. Look, even though Jesus isn't physically there, in that community, in that sharing of life can happen. And look, it's actually a spiritual event happening. It's actually spiritual moments happening, even if it happens in like things that we would think are like unspiritual moments. You know what I mean? Um, you, you know, hanging out at someone's house, Sharing life together, learning about e each other more, the developing that deep friendship, learning more about God, building up our faith. It, I know it's casual and it's like in some basement and over, you know, maybe Chile or something, or I don't know, like over Wendy's. Or, you know, it's just this like casual, unspiritual thing, but there's actually some crazy spiritual stuff happening there. It's actually really important. Being in community with someone. Being in community with someone. Uh, so second question for you, okay? Again, we'll just take 60 seconds on this. Um, what are the benefits of having people in your life that you're sharing your life with? What, what, what are the benefits of, of having those people in your life, okay? So take 60 seconds, talk to the person beside you, the people behind you, kind of whatever, uh, and we'll be back in, in 60 seconds, okay? And go. Desperation When all we know is doubt and fear There is only one foundation We believe We believe In this broken
Alright, we can wrap that up in 10 seconds. 10 seconds there. And he's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. We believe that he conquered death. We believe in the resurrection. And he's coming back again. And it's, it's interesting as, as you look at Paul's life too. Because he, he had this over and over and over and over, right? Like he would, he would go to a city and, and when they left there, it would just be, people were just in tears. And just the, the friendships he had, right? It, it felt like family. It felt like real community. But he did not only share his life with other people. He shared his life with Jesus. He shared his life with Jesus. And uh, let, let me paint a picture of what that looks like. He, he writes another time to uh, friends in a city called Philippi. And he, again, he was constantly writing these letters back and forth. Just, you know... I bet he would love to live in 2020 with FaceTime and all this stuff. You know, like he would just, like, he would be in his game. But they had letters and you'd send it on whatever and this kind of thing. But this is what he wrote in Philippians to some friends. He says, he, he's talking about kind of some accomplishments he has in life. And then this is where, where he ends. After talking about his accomplishments, he says, I once thought that these things were valuable. But now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Because of what Jesus has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and became one with him. And what it kind of gives us into the, uh, kind of shows insight into his mind here. Like, he, he's clearly passionate about this concept, about knowing who God is and going deeper with God. So, and again, you, you see this all throughout the New Testament. It's like, it's like get to know one another, and as you do that, you're going to get to know God more. As you get to know God more, he's going to inevitably push you to get to know each other more. And it's kind of this, you, you can't do one without the other. It's every time you do one, it inevitably pushes you towards the other. And it just goes sharing life with each other, and then we share our life with God, knowing that he is a source of it all. And, and Simply this, and I know you're not going to be surprised by this, but the main idea I have for you today, the thing I want to leave you with is, is simply this. The best life is a shared life. The best life is a shared life. And I'm talking about sharing our life with God and sharing it with each other. The best life is a shared life. And I want to let you know, you can have this. This isn't reserved for like a certain personality or, oh, like that, that person likes to talk and meet everyone and this kind of thing, but that's not who I am or kind of what, whatever. It doesn't matter. Oh, but I live here and everyone else lives there. This kind of thing. No, this is for you too. You're included in this. And this is so important to know because our culture is constantly telling us the opposite. It is constantly saying, you've got this. You can do this by yourself. You know, you are, you are a strong, mighty, independent person. Keep going. You know, you don't need anyone. You, you, and to be honest, we actually do need each other. We actually do need community. And we need deep friends that will push us in our faith and, and help us learn more about God. And, 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 and maybe it's even just one or two other people. I'm not saying you need like seven or ten or fifteen close friends. Maybe it's one other person in your life that pushes you in your faith, that's there for you when you're going through a hard time and you can go to them and say, I don't get, why would God do this? Or why is God, you know, just to ask questions to you. And maybe they don't know the answer. But sometimes just having someone to just listen to you, that makes all the difference. And God actually uses that as healing. So I challenge you, I challenge you today, share your life with other people who love God. Share your life with other people. Don't hold back. Let that, that, that friction happen. 
that rubbing down, let that happen until you're changed. And as you share your life with others, you're really sharing your life with Jesus. Because that's how he designed, that's how he designed it. The best life is the shared life. So just some thoughts on this. How, how, how do we share life with one another? Uh, just, just three thoughts. First off, in homes, homes, homes matter, I feel. Home, homes are important. Jesus did this as, as he traveled with his disciples. They always would go to someone's home. There's something special about the home. Uh, Paul did this with, with Jason, right, in, in the city in Thessalonica. I remember uh, a couple months ago, I invited my one buddy I work with at Bethel, because I have an office at Bethel Church in Hamilton, and I invited my one buddy over, and he sat down that night and, like, sat down. He's like, whoa. I was like, what? He's like, I feel like we're, like, actually friends. <laughs> you know, it's like, I know we're, like, we're friends at work and stuff, but, like, we're actually friends here. This is really cool. And I'm like, yeah, of course. Like, that's, I don't know. There's just something. That, those barriers are broken down, right? There's something about being in each other's homes that you just, I don't know. It's like you, you know the person better, you know? You just know the person better. Um, second thing, second thought, it's, it's okay to start small. It's okay to start small with this. Um, some of us have been hurt in the past. We've trusted people, and that's backfired majorly. That's okay. It's okay to start small. It's okay. Um, I get it. Trust, trust, is, it, trust isn't a crazy thing, because it's like, it spends forever to earn, and like in a second, it's just gone. And, and it's not just, just like you flip a switch and like trust is all of a sudden back again, right? Like I'm talking about with people. With, with God, any, anything's possible. And with people, anything's possible too. But I just trust you earn it over, over, over time. And, and I, I do want to acknowledge that. I do, I do want to acknowledge that. And, and that's why we have groups that we're starting this year that are going to be once per month, right? It's kind of low. Um, uh, uh, hopefully it's... it's making the barriers lower, and, you know, we can at least find one time a month, you know, where, where we, we can make this happen, and, and I'm not saying you need to go join a group, like, starting tomorrow morning or something, or, like, this week you have to go do it, but just over 2020, we're going to constantly be pushing out new groups and announcing new exciting things of this kind of thing, um, so I, I want to challenge you, let's, let's kind of make the decision now, I'm, this year I'm making that step, I'm going to take that step of faith. Uh, another way that you can start small is by attending community group nights. So we've joined all the groups, all the community groups that we have together on Monday nights, uh, starting last week and then starting tomorrow and then one more week after that. And it's awesome because instead of, you know, going to a group of five or six people and it's kind of like, oh, this, I don't know, it might feel a little new kind of thing. It's kind of like, oh, there, there's a decent amount of people here and there's lots of combos going on. You kind of blend in a little easier, you know? So if you want to take that first step, of joining a group or trying out a group, um, we meet at Memorial Hall Monday nights at 6.30. So tomorrow and then next week as well. I really want to encourage you. It's a great first step. It's a great first step. Um, and then once that's done, in, in two weeks, we're going back to kind of just the weekly groups, normal, kind of scattered throughout. Um, and the third thought is it takes time. It takes time. Um, in, instant results are not a thing here. You know, groups... Uh, are not like an Instapot, you know. I love the Instapot, but that's not what this is like. We need to give this time. We need to trust the process. And I just want to encourage you, it, it will be worth it. Taking the time to invest in this is worth it. And like we talked last week, godly community, being in a group, having those, those people we can rely on and help us grow in our faith, it's actually worth fighting for. It's worth the challenge. Yes, it's a challenge, absolutely. We live in Canada in 2020. There's like a thousand things pulling for your attention and time and effort. Of course it's a fight, 
But it, it is worth it. It is worth it, and it's worth the time. Because um, that's our, our 2020 vision, right? Groups matter. Groups matter. It's not just, oh, yeah, uh, groups, that, that's nice that those people do. Oh, that's so great. That's not for me, though. It's like, no, no, no. Like, this actually matters, though. This, this matters. This is important. And, and our goal is, it's a bold one, but we want 70 people, 71 people, 70-plus people to be a part of a community group in Mountainside by the end of 2020. Because when we're a part of a community group, we develop deeper friendships with one another. We help each other grow, become more like Jesus, which is just another way of saying discipleship, right? What's discipleship? Becoming more like Jesus, growing in our faith, getting closer to God. And I want to acknowledge this goal is taking faith, okay? This is, this is a lot, kind of like what anchor year was, right? That was a lot. Um, but, but we want to take steps of faith here. We want to take steps of faith. And, and we know on our own strength, we're not going to get there. But with God, anything's possible. Anything's possible. We, we have around 70 people who volunteer and serve here at Mountainside in some capacity. So why not have 70 people in groups too? Why not? And again, we're, we're trying to make it super easy to be a part of it. Like we're, the once a month or twice a month or every week, whatever, whatever works for you. And, and do you notice how we're having these little discussion, like little 60-second discussion questions throughout? We're, sharing, we're learning to share life with one another, right? I know, it's some, I know it's awkward sometimes. It's like, I don't know this person. And now they're asking me a question. I don't know. Stay, stay away from me. I don't know you. What's going I know, but we're learning to share life with, with, with one another, right? The best life is a shared life. And we know that because that's what Jesus did. Jesus set the example for us, right? He shared his life with us first. Sometimes, th- like, thinking about what God could have done, I mean, he could have done so many different things with his ability, but just, it's so beautiful, his, his nature, though, of what he actually did with us. So, so we, on our own, we sin, we go our own way, we do our own thing. Like, literally, God could have just thought about it, and just the world would have started over. None of us would have existed. It would have just been a reset, if he wanted. But his nature is love. His nature is forgiveness. His nature is compassion. His nature is, sh- is sharing life. So instead, when we are on our own, away from God, covered in sin, doing the wrong thing, He's looking at the world. He's looking at us and saying, no, 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 I have better for you than this. Let me share my life with you. Let me bring the kingdom to earth, the kingdom of heaven, the things where everything is perfect and everything is good. Let me bring that to earth. And that's what Jesus did by dying on the cross, right? Jesus, the Son of God, came. He died on the cross. He rose again. And when we believe that's true, when we believe that God loves us, like like what Neil was saying, that we're his kids and, and as a loving father loves his kids, he loves us. When we believe that to be true, we can have a relationship with him. So I encourage you, if, if you've never made that decision, we, we offer this every single week. If you've never made that decision to say, yes, Jesus, I believe that you love me, and I want you to be a part of my life, he will say yes. No ritual, no fancy formula of this. He just loves you. He loves you right where you're at. So I challenge you, even as we're sitting down here, make that decision. Say, Jesus, Come into my life. Forgive me for what I've done. I want to go your way. I'm going to call the band up. I just have one more story for you, uh, just as we close service. And I, I just want to build your faith with this goal a little bit, okay? I just want to build some faith in you. Um, I was meeting with my, my friends Betty and Megan in December to pray for Mountainside. We get together once a month. We just pray. Uh, you know, we, we just talk about church things and pray about them. And, you know, hopefully God speaks to us and this kind of thing. And I was about to tell them this 2020 vision of like, we're thinking, imagine, you know, 
really focused on groups. Imagine we'll have 70 people in groups, this kind of thing, whatever. And I I wasn't sure, though, because it's, so I just wanted some insight. I wanted some advice, you know, what they thought, pray about it a bit. Um, And the reason we chose 70, actually, is because there's actually a couple stories in the Bible where there were 70 people, and God always did something really special when there was, like, 70 people, and, you know, this kind of thing. So we were just thinking, like, in faith, like, oh, you know, there's like three or four examples in the scripture of 70 people. We, like we should kind of mimic that and try to imitate that, right? And just step out in faith and do that. And I'm about to tell them this story of, of uh, the, the stories in the Bible about 70 people and how God did something special. And right before I say it, Megan says, wait, wait, wait. I, before you tell us the 2020 vision, can I just tell you something real quick? I was like, uh, sure, okay, whatever. This, okay, sure. And Megan just says, you know, I was reading the Bible this morning and I read the cool story. There was this guy named Moses, and he had 70 leaders around him that just really helped him and this kind of thing, you know, this kind of thing. And I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I never heard that story. It's actually so cool, this kind of thing. And you got to understand, there are thousands of stories in the Bible. And this story about Moses with 70 other people is like this obscure story stuck in the Torah at the very beginning of the Bible. Like, it's, it's not like regular preaching material or reading material kind of thing. And I was legit about to tell them that story. And Megan stops me and says, wait, wait, wait. Before you tell your whatever you're going to say, I just got to tell you this. And it's almost like God was saying, yep, stamp of approval. Yep. This is my idea. Let's go ahead with this. And, and she beat me to it, right? And God's confirming that number 70. So I just want to let you know, I think God's up to something this year in 2020 with groups, with the number 70. We now have Megan on staff as our group's pastor, which is so exciting, kind of spearheading this. 2020 is going to be amazing. 2020 is going to be amazing. Thank you for being a part of Mountainside. Thank you for being here in our early days. You know, we, we had our third year anniversary, and it's only the beginning. It's only the beginning. And I just want to speak over you uh, that this is a new year for you, okay? Whatever 2019 was, you can leave that in the past. You can leave that behind. 2020 is, is new. It's going to be a breakthrough year for you. You can leave the old behind, and it's going to be a year of refreshing, a year of renewing for you, because, look, you're going to do it with others. Is we're going to share our life together. And that will make the difference because that's what we are created to do. Groups matter. Groups matter. So let's pray in faith that God's going to do something special through that this year. Jesus, thank you that you have shared your life with us. Thank you, God, that that before we even thought about who you are, that you have already shared your life with us. And God, I pray that every single one of us in this room, for those of us that are part of this church that aren't here today, anyone connected to us, God, I pray that you would help us develop that sense of community with one another, that we would have the faith to join a community group, to try out a community group, to to get to know one another better, God, because we know it's your will. So we pray for courage to do it and strength to do it. In the name of Jesus, amen. We're gonna sing one more worship song. Why don't you stand with us? Uh, This is just about how God has been faithful in the past and he's going to continue to be faithful in the future, okay? So let's, let's sing this song and then we'll close off service. Walking around these walls I thought by now they'd fall But you have never failed me yet Waiting for change to come Knowing the battles 
I've seen you move, 
life with one another. I pray that would go deep in our hearts, God, as we go in your name, Jesus. Amen. If you could have a seat, just we're going to just take up the giving now. So uh, again, thanks for being here. So ushers, you're good to come forward. Uh, if you want to be a part of what we're doing here financially, uh, you can give. There's a couple ways through the uh, plates here and then also the laptop at the back uh, digitally. And then you can give online uh, as well. And as uh, that's going around, I just want to tell you about one, one thing that we're starting. February 10th, we're starting something called the 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. And we did it last year, and we're just going to start doing it every, every February. And basically, it's when we choose 21 days, so February 10th to March 1st, and we are going to pray, and we are going to fast. And basically, how it's going to work is... Uh, on weekdays from in, within that, that date, February 10th to March 1st, on weekdays, we're going to wake up at 7 a.m. and just spend 10 minutes in prayer or, 10, or 5 minutes in prayer, whatever it looks like. And again, I know 7 a.m. to some of you is like, oh, I can't do it. And, and 7 a.m. is like, oh, please, I'll be, already be at work. Like, is that a joke? Like, what's going on here? I know we're all coming from different backgrounds and, and different uh, life stages and this kind of thing. Um, but basically on Instagram, on the, on the app Instagram on your phone, uh, there's a way that you can go Instagram live. And basically, uh, you know, we'll have different people leading prayer. And you just kind of log in and sign in. And... Uh, we all just kind of agree together, okay? So that's every weekday for the, the time being. And then as well, we're going to choose one meal uh, per, per week that we're going to fast and give up. So whether that's lunch or dinner or whatever. Uh, or if you want to do more, then, then that, that's great too. And then also during the 21 days, we're going to choose one item of food, whether it's coffee or sugar or chocolate or chips or kind of whatever, and just give it up for the full 21 days. And the reason why we're doing it is because as we give things up and as we fast and as we pray, we're believing that God's going to make a huge difference in our community, in our own lives, and whatever needs we have and the needs of others and this kind of thing. So really want to encourage you, if you are interested in that, all the details are found at mountainside.church slash pray, and that starts February 10th, okay? So we're just kind of promoing that uh, before it comes. So hopefully you'll be a part of that. Uh, no pressure, obviously. And with that, we're going to release you. God bless. Thanks for being here today. That was really fun. We'll see you uh, same time, same place next week. God bless.
Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit. smile cause it's been a while it's been like a whole day since I stopped so you could hold me but this child awaits strong in the faith Lord you are the refuge that I can't wait to get to cause I 